it occurred to me that I never actually edit anything out of these videos. So why not just do it live? It's all the same, right? So it's been a while since I have taken to the mic and shared anything. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. But really, the primary reason is that I have been in somewhat of a pretty steep depression for, I'd say, a handsome amount of 2022. And I don't think that's necessarily novel. I think there's quite a few folks who are going through a lot of shit this year. If uh, you turn on the news for five seconds or take a peek at Twitter for as many, you know, you're sort of inundated with lots of reasons to um, to be overwhelmed with worry or just stress or anxiety or what have you. But in particular, I have been dealing with um, a few specific things, one of which is I have completely detoxed off of uh, THC, so cannabis. I was a very, very heavy cannabis medical user. Um, I was a user for several years, but I was a heavy one probably for the last year. And it was super useful to me, um, especially in my spiritual work, because it allowed me to go really deep in looking backwards at the things that were stored inside of me, um, you know, traumatic incidents, things that otherwise might be too scary or, or even too hidden. I don't really know how to describe it. But I went down at the beginning of June and stayed with my friends Phil and Janice, who were kind enough to host me in northern Florida and went on a trek to the Temple of the Universe, which is a, how do I describe it? It's a hundreds of acres, I think, enclave out in the middle of nowhere in Alachua, I think. And Michael Singer is the one who started this. And if you've read uh, his book, the Surrender Experiment, it describes how he came into the land. It's a truly unbelievable story um, in all the literal sense of the word. And he eventually um, opened up this temple and just holds these things called Sunday service. And I think he does other stuff throughout the week, but primarily he's been doing this for decades. And it's, you know, it's a non-denominational open heart, spiritual experience. And anybody who wants to come can just show up. And my friend has been there several times. And he says, every time he goes, there's always just a room full, never, never empty, never overflowing, always just a room full. And the same thing happened when we went, that was a very interesting part of the experience. It was a beautiful experience. And it was beautiful just to be down there with them and have some time to relax and enjoy the sun. And, um, they're both very spiritual people, so it was great to catch up in those ways. What I had done, though, is I had not brought any a material amount of um, medicine with me, THC specifically. And so I was detoxing while I was down there, not really intentionally. I mean, I intentionally didn't bring a ton, 
um, because I was thinking I'm going to this very spiritual place. I'm going to a place that has, um, you know, what, what do I have to be stressed or anxious about? I can just, you know, rely on the things that I've been learning. Well, I was stuck in the airport trying to get back on a Monday night with a canceled flight. Um, actually, there was a layover flight that had delayed long enough that I wasn't going to make the layover. And so I was trying to get on standby on a different flight. As I was sitting there, a woman in front of me lost her brother and she got this announced to her uh, over the phone. And she had a complete meltdown, as you might imagine. And I just sat there and sort of absorbed all of that energy. And it turned out that I did not get on that flight. So I ended up staying in the hotel at the airport, came home the next day and went to um, Medicaid as soon as I got home. And as soon as I did, I got hit with a train wreck of an anxiety attack. And that same scenario has happened the other two or three times that I tried, even with smaller doses. And so I found myself in a position where I was just no longer able to rely on a medicine that had become very much just the fabric of my day-to-day -day existence. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to detox off this. And then I decided to detox caffeine at the same time because there was no way I was going to be able to handle um, the anxiety or the, you know, the extra vibration of, of taking that on um, without the ability to, you know, sort of suppress that a little with some THC. So anyway, I can't believe how aggressive the detox was. I thought that, you know, marijuana has very little side effects and it does until you stop using it. Apparently, um, I spent probably four or five days under four blankets with a 25 pound weighted blanket on top, wearing thermals, taking six or seven hot showers a day. And it felt like all of my nerves had been sort of stripped like a wire. And it was really, really harrowing. Uh, got through that, but then I've been left with this sort of really interesting challenge, which is prior to this incident, I had, I thought I had overcome my fear of death, which really struck me for the first time when I was like 19. And then came back a couple of times throughout my life, you know, periodically it would happen and then it would go away days or weeks at a time. Um, but nothing terribly persistent. And this has been three months now. And what's fascinating is I would, I would take a host of, let's say plant-based medicines and, you know, as part of a ceremony and, just go really, really deep, um, spiritually, psychologically, and never was a problem. And, you know, doing these things and then getting into a sensory deprivation tank um, for an hour, which, 
you just can't do that if you've got a, a real prevailing fear of kind of anything, to be honest. So it was a huge surprise to me that this situation sort of showed up because it was something that I thought was a solved problem. Well, surprise, it wasn't. So for months now, I've been dealing with like the, it's almost like there's an oil slick in my mind where any of the inputs that stream through, nothing comes through pure anymore. Things will come through, but it comes through with the taint of, yeah, but you're mortal and this is ethereal and it's all transient and it'll all be over soon. And it's, it's been a really super challenging experience because I've been in a depression for months and that added component makes it very complicated to feel anything positive. So that has been a really interesting piece of this puzzle. So what have I been doing to stay sane would be a very prescient question to ask. And I'm kind of throwing the book at it. Um, I continue to do my sensory deprivation floats twice a week, though I will say that those now come with a different sense of anxiety because, you know, there's nowhere to run when you're in the tank. There's nothing to distract yourself with. So um, that has made me a lot more proficient at breath work because I find that extremely deep breaths and uh, humming on the way out helps to discharge some of that energy. Um, focusing on counting the breaths helps because basically what's happening is the left hemisphere of my brain, the, the logical piece, the part that supports this ego construction is freaking the fuck out. And it needs something to calm it down enough that the more holistic spiritual side can, um, can have some input and, and just integrate the totality of the experience, meaning like this lived experience. So the floats, breath work, uh, cold plunges, you know, periodic cold in the shower. I haven't done like complete cold showers yet. Jumping in the pool, um, literally just to cool off because it's the pool's unheated and it's getting cooler. Um, I've got an acupressure mat that I lay on daily. Um, and depending on, you know, how much tension I have, I'll either just do it just across my shoulders and upper back, or I'll do my forearms, my legs, etc. Um, meditating, hot yoga, and I've been trying to focus on sleep, but the problem is that I'm getting woken up around two to three in the morning and I don't really get back to sleep again after that. So I, whatever time I go to bed and it's usually around 10 o'clock, those four or five hours are the only real, you know, deep sleep hours I get. And then the balance is more me just sort of lying there. What's different about now versus other times in my life is I would have gotten completely 
incensed by the fact that I couldn't get back to sleep. And then that would become an energy spiral that got me all worked up and then I'd be fully awake and out of bed and who knows what else. Whereas now, at least I'm resting. You know, even if my mind isn't perfectly resting, my body's resting. And that is, um, that is helpful. But I'm at least trying to get to sleep on a consistent time and trying to get up between five and six every day um, to help with circadian rhythm. Because it's, it's just a complicated thing, this machine of a body we've got here. And I think between the drinking that I did for a very long time, the extremely high cortisol levels that I've carried being in a high pressure sales job for my entire career, the um, overuse, I'll say, of THC, the exploration of entheogens, whether it's you know psilocybin or other things. I think my um, serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine receptors systems are just kind of I don't want to say toast, but, you know, they're a little wonky right now. So the last few months has really been an exercise in sort of getting that homeostasis back so that my body can sort of function at normal. And it's kind of funny. I don't know if ironic is the right word, because for at least a year, no, it wasn't here. About six months. I was making so much progress spiritually that I couldn't imagine a world where in a decade I wasn't free of human suffering because it was like a runaway train. Like the amount of stuff I was able to get out, the, um, the amount of peace I was able to have through situations before that would have just absolutely made me explode – um, it was, it was unbelievable. And so of course the next step the universe had for me was to pull the rug out in terms of all of the mechanisms that I'd used to get there and put me in a place where, okay, well, you made it through level one. Well, how about getting back to the same place, but with no, no supplemental support, just doing it raw dog, if you will. And so, I mean, right away, I sort of saw that as the reason why it was probably happening is that you can't cheat your way to freedom. And I don't think I was surrendering completely. You know, if I think about how I was using THC, it was to suppress the day-to-day -day tension and anxiety of existing, again, in that sort of high tension, high cortisol state of high-pressure job, you know, father of two young kids, wife, house, dog, 2022. And so I was having a incredible success excavating the old stuff, but I think I just wasn't doing anything with the current stuff. And so that sort of peace that I was demonstrating, I think was less about me being completely 
what's the right word? I didn't have complete equanimity over it. I was ignoring it peacefully. And those might seem like the same thing, but I think that they're not. I see that now. So anyway, it's been something. It's been something. And I've found that there's just a lot of things that I took for granted in terms of, you know, what felt good and, you know, motivation that I would have. It's just, it's so different when you're in a depression. It's so much more challenging to, you know, pick up the phone and reach out to somebody or to exercise in a way that might be taxing or um, something that's really, you know, out of your comfort zone. So like I've been doing yoga for a couple of years, but like the idea, I've got an entire, you know, weightlifting set up in the basement and it's been really hard to, cause I know that that's going to make me feel better, but it's been super challenging to get myself active at it. Um, whereas, you know, before I just had this sort of momentum driven by, I don't know if it's confidence or what that had me just sort of plugging along and picking up new things like with the, you know, um, ego destruction stuff that I was doing. And now in some cases I have been able to continue that. So for instance, um, we had some friends over at the pool, people that we don't know terribly well. And one of their kids was doing a backflip into the deep end. Um, most people don't know very much about me in this regard, but I'm terrified of pools for some reason. I don't know why something probably happened to me as a kid, or maybe it was just my mom being freaked out when I was a kid because her brother drowned in the Navy. Um, but I just have a hard time being in the pool in general. And then for most of my life, I've felt incredibly judged by others, especially people that I don't know that well. And so I decided, hey, I really want to do that backflip. And if I don't do it right now, I'm never going to try it. And so I just walked up to the edge of the pool, took off my shirt, and did a fucking backflip into the pool. And just super atypical of like the old mat because there would have been layer after layer of trauma blockages that would have stopped me from doing something like that. So when I'm conscious enough in that day, I was probably conscious enough because it was sunny out. I was having a good time. You know, the people over made me feel buoyed, you know, the kids were laughing. So I had enough of that sort of gusto to go after something, but I'll tell you that most of the days have been really challenging. Now, the thing that I haven't touched on yet is that in early July, I separated from my employer, um, we'll say rather unceremoniously. Um, I won't get into any of the detail, but I will say that ultimately it has been a blessing because since I started the spiritual journey just before I started that job, I basically was never going to leave no matter how bad the conditions got because I looked at it as like a grindstone on my ego. It was anything that triggered me or activated me in any way was something for me to get the fuck over. And so that was my obstacle is the way kind of scenario. And so I got sort of freed 
from that um, trap, we'll call it. And that was very challenging in the first week, I'm not going to lie, but ended up being an incredible blessing. I've landed a new company. Um, the people are great. The product is great. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's only my first week, but I'm enjoying it a lot so far. But what's funny is I can feel that I have corporate PTSD about just situations and ways that I was treated. And it made me realize that I was not psychologically safe at the place that I've been working since I started there. And the cost of that was very, very high. And I think looking back on it, that was a large amount of the reason why I had so much stress, why I had so much anxiety, why my cortisol levels were so high, and why I was sinking deeper into the depression that I was in the spring that ultimately manifested in sort of this collapse uh, in June post that trip. And then I found myself, um, I got the job with my current place very, very quickly, but I decided to take the rest of the summer off. So I ended up getting two months off, which I did for a couple of reasons. One, because I could afford to, and two, when am I going to get to do that with my kids again? You know, where they're home, I'm home and it's nice out. And so I decided, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Well, it turns out I had no idea how much of my like dopamine engine was generated by getting stuff done, like ticking boxes on a checklist, accomplishing things that other people asked me to do. And suddenly I found myself in a scenario where I just... I, I didn't know what to do. I, I mean, I had infinite things to do, but at the same time, I didn't know what to do. How do I prioritize? Like, what am I supposed to do today, right now? And so that actually complicated the depression and the anxiety quite a bit at first um, because I, I was thrown for a complete loop. I don't think I've ever taken off more than two weeks in between jobs before or at all since I was 14, let alone two months. And I think many jobs I went like stopped on a Friday, started on a Monday. <sighs> also culture. Um, so yeah, so that was a fascinating experience. So why am I sharing all this? Well, one of the things that I've been thinking about lately is why did I start this damn thing to begin with? And it wasn't to look good. It wasn't to brag about, look how far I've come, look at all this shit I'm learning. It was to try and document a real human being's journey through life in the hopes that maybe it helps somebody else because maybe there's something about what I'm going through that you can relate to or, you know, someone you know can relate to, or maybe you can share with me something that you've done or learned or whatever to, to get over some of the things I'm sharing. And, you know, when I started slipping into this depression, I stopped producing because I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the will. Um, and then I kind of just forgot about it for a while. And so I decided that if I'm really doing it for others, then just shut up 
Well, don't shut up. Do the opposite of shut up. Get out there and say something. And so that's what I'm doing. So I guess uh, if I had to summarize what I learned over the last three months, one is I can't believe how much THC can do in a detox to you, especially if you're a heavy user. Depression is an absolute bitch, but there are many different ways that aren't chemical-based that you can use to anchor yourself and improve your mood and improve your state. And I think if I had not tapped into those, I would have been in a really bad place. I don't know what that would look like. Um, I've never been suicidal in my life, thankfully. It's sort of the opposite of the, the problem that I have, <laughs> which is that I can't seem to get over the... Um, the impermanence of it all, which is hilarious to me. I really I can't explain enough how many times I went and pondered the universe and God and souls and spirits and energy and this and that. And with like no, no issue whatsoever. But it's an interesting ride. And I think that's the other thing is you've got to appreciate the fact that there is no linear path to anything. Everything is going to be a wave of some kind. And you are unlikely to know when you're on a crest or in a valley. So I do get the feeling though, that I'm tucking out of a valley and I'm going to use the momentum that I've got now to continue to Lean into the creative side. I've been playing drums more. I started learning Portuguese again. And uh, I'm really looking forward to using this job as a way to be of service. Because I don't think that I've ever gone into a place of work and really put myself wholeheartedly in the service of the company. And I am very much ready to do that now. And so I'm fascinated to see with the same level of effort and focus and whatever that I might have put in before in service to my ego, what happens if I do the same thing in service to the mission and my clients. I've always done it for my clients. I think that's one of the things that's been more unique about me than other people in sales. Um, but I've always had sort of a sordid relationship with my employer, like I think it's a lack of trust problem. And I think, uh, I think this last experience I had was probably in service to breaking that back. And so I'm ready to, to show up and, and give full faith and trust and, and see where it goes. So anyway, I'm glad to be back sharing with the folks who care to listen. And I will be getting on with guests soon. If you want to volunteer, raise your hand. Otherwise, I'll start calling people out. And um, yeah, much love to everybody. I know it's hard out there. It's a ridiculously stressful time. It's um, unlikely to become less chaotic anytime soon. So if you're waiting for the storm to blow past, uh, I, would, I would not count on that. But the cycle won't last forever either. 
So let's uh, let's figure out how we can all prop each other up as we ride this thing out. Much love, everybody.